Well, hey, you found Down the Hall Podcast. My name is Chet. I'm here with Rodney. And each week we deliver one movie night pick of the week because people spend an average of 115 hours just wasting time looking for a movie to watch. I didn't know if that was like a fill in the blank sentence. I thought you were ready for me to like jump in and we were going to do a duo. And then I realized you just wanted to like ball hog and just, you know, dribble all over the court. It's weird. I spaced out. I don't even remember saying any of that. I mean, we say it so often. But anyway, I think it's important that when we gain new listeners and as time goes on, and especially when we have guests to say, hey, like, you know, especially in a special episode like this, this is what we do. This is who we are. But sometimes, and it seems like recently a lot, we get these guests that we definitely don't deserve. No. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, there's like guys that get girls that they don't deserve. Yeah. You're you're looking at one right now. <laughs> I know that was it. That was going to be my punchline, but you, you, you took it from me. Um, like when that happens, like there's definitely people listening to just be like, what idiots got these guys. So in this episode, we got to interview Charles Hood, who's the director and co-writer of the movie Night Owls, which is on Netflix, a movie we had just featured as a movie night. And tonight, as we're about to get on the phone with Charles, he said, hey, I'm, I'm here with Seth Goldsmith, who is actually the co-writer of Night Owls with him. Like, great. Like, we had questions about him, so why not ask them in person, right? Mm-hmm. And so we got to speak with both of them. Yeah. Because of that, because we were talking to two guys at the same time, they were on speakerphone. So I think at some point, uh, the audio might be a little bit different than what you might have come to get to know with us but uh but we i think you can hear them clearly and i think we're gonna yeah. do enough to edit it down to where hopefully yeah. it'll come out clear yeah listen don't be prima donnas just listen they have good things to say if you know just just don't be a prima donna like chet is <laughs> what jeez i i'm what? i'm 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 with you man why do i all of a sudden be a prima donna you know every once in a while i just feel like just you know every once in a while there's just like i'm just like looking to like you know, you're just in my path. Like it would have been anybody would have been anybody that would have gotten that. So jump on in. I hope you enjoy as we talk to both Charles hood and Seth Goldsmith from the movie night owls. Uh, this is Seth Goldsmith, the co-writer of night owls. And this is Charles hood, the co-writer and director of night owls. And you're listening to down the hall podcast. Yeah. Just picture me high up with my top down on Highland and Sunset, doing 85 on the top deck. See step by step, we walking on stars. If you looking for some action, you ain't gotta go that far now. Just picture me Hollywood. Welcome into a really special, fun episode of Down the Hall Podcast, Rodney. I thought we were only going to be able to interview Charles Hood, which would have been by far more than enough because it's yet another guest that we definitely don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Another but, one. To our surprise. How do you keep fooling them, by the way? I, I don't know. I just kept saying I was Ira Glass. Yeah, do you keep, oh, I, if that's it? Um, you've, you've, you're fishing. You're fishing people? So here we are with not only Charles Hood, but also Seth Goldsmith, who also wrote Night Owls. Yeah, they were co-writers, right? Which yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, we want to welcome you on in. And we found you guys because we found your movie to be one that's absolutely worth everyone's movie night on Netflix. Um, so if you guys, if you could recommend one movie to our listeners besides night owls uh you can each answer for a movie night what would that be uh uh that's a good question uh th- thank you also for having us by the way yeah, thank you for having um, us. but uh i you know a movie night recommendation is it uh, I, I guess i have a question to follow up yeah. to that is 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 it supposed to be something that people haven't really seen like it's a little bit more obscure or is it 
Yeah, yeah. Ideally, ideally, what we uh, what we look for is something that's relatively accessible. You know, we try and focus on ones that whether it's Netflix, Amazon, or you know something that that's relatively accessible. And typically, we we try and focus on ones that potentially people haven't seen, or it's one that maybe it was long enough ago that people may have forgotten about. Right. So it should be it should be readily accessible on Netflix or something too. The, ideally, we try I mean we've done th- movies in the theaters, but ideally we we try and focus on ones that are relatively accessible. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean for me I think uh there was a movie that I've loved for years and years and it was an influence I think for us on Night Owls uh is The Ref with Dennis Leary. It was directed by Ted Demi. Um, came out in 1994, and it is on Netflix, I think, right now. Oh, cool! Ooh. That's that's Add one that I list. It's like a it's a Christmas movie. I watch it every Christmas with my wife. We watch it like two or three times every year, um, and uh, it's just like a really a dark comedy Christmas movie that is takes place almost entirely in a house, and it's awesome. Awesome. So I can definitely see where the influence came then with Netflix uh, with Night Owls. Is this Seth, by the way? That just said that. This so, is Charles. That's me, Charles. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> say my recommendation is something that's still in theaters it's a movie charles and i saw together last week um that seems like nobody's really seeing but uh brad status the new uh mike white movie with ben stiller uh we both thought it was great nice little indie comedy drama with a bit of dark comedy which is basically our wheelhouse that's right up our alley Uh, that's yeah absolutely yeah, it got pretty good reviews. There's a few people who are who are saying, I don't need to see another movie about a middle-aged white guy, but there's still gas in that tank, you know? Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> ben Stiller's great. Yeah, like the supporting cast is great. Michael Sheen, Luke Wilson, Mike White plays a small part too. And the, his son, I don't know the actor's name, but oh, he was he's, supernatural. He's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's it, what is it called again? Remind, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sure I heard it for, correctly the first time. What is the name of it? Brad's. Brad's status. Brad's status. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking that you said Bratz, as in the uh, like the like, dolls yeah. with the Z, and I'm like Brat's status. That's uh. Well, Rodney would have already seen that one. Yeah, that so would have been. Matter. Yeah. All right. So Brad's status and ref. So a yeah. newer one and an older one, which is literally exactly what we try to aim for. Yeah. This is. Yeah, that. we we, we aim to please. Yeah, you, that's so. great. It's so weird. It's weird to me to hear the ref as an older one because it still feels like a newer movie <laughs> to me. But I guess it's we're really old, Charles. Yeah. We're really old people now. <laughs> All right, right, guys. So I think what we'll do is I I I suppose what we we have a few questions um, regarding Night Owls, um, which we loved, and of course a few questions kind of regarding I mean your careers. Um, I say careers plural, despite the fact that we wrote this specifically for Charles. But I, I was actually. I guess I had I a lot of my questions were going to be about the co-writing process, so I'm so happy that we get to talk to with both of you guys at the same time. Um, so just to catch our listeners up, if you want to go back and listen to our episode about Night Owls, um, what this story is about, it stars Adam Pally and Rosa Salazar, um, and it is the one night stand date night gone wrong. Uh, Adam Pally goes home with Rosa Salazar. Come to find out that the house that they are at is actually his boss's house, unbeknownst to him. Um, and what transpires after that is uh, just a night filled of conversation where he is literally having to try to keep her alive. So without spoilers, without going back all over it, you can go back and listen to our episode about it. Um, so good. Did I do a good enough job explaining it in like five seconds? Yeah, that was a good a good pitch for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're not very good at pitching either, so... 
that's basically as good as we've ever done it. Yeah. So. No, I think, and the, the other thing is too, Chad, did you find it? Who was the one that found it? Because it wasn't like, it It was just one that we hit play on? Or did no, we no, no, find no. a trailer? I found it, and, and this is something I want to touch on later, but I mean, I know that um, it doesn't have uh, a ton of, of, of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but every single person who's reviewed it, from what I saw, had given it high regarding reviews. So mm-hmm. I wanted to check it out. That's yeah, it's still 100%. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. We're still amazed by that. Yeah, like, they're being too kind. To be <laughs> um, so I guess you know, just to to start, um, you know, for me, I've always found like the idea of like you know the writing and how that you know turns into to a movie. But can you talk us through how the story came about to begin with? Like, you know, what was the inspiration? So Charles and I have been writing together for almost nine years or about nine years now. Yeah. And uh, we've been trying to get projects going. We've written big movies that, you know, we would hope would be like a studio comedy or, you know, like smaller movies in like five to 10 million range. And we weren't getting anywhere. We were getting good meetings where people would say, oh, we love the script. And then they wouldn't buy it, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're getting pretty frustrated. And Charles one day said to me, can we just write something that we can make that's small and contained and done for a very small budget? And that's was, you know, the seed of it. And, uh, and you kind of had an idea initially that we sort of jumped off of, right? Yeah. I think, I, I don't remember which came first. If it was watch, if I had watched the apartment, the old Billy Wilder movie, which is another amazing recommendation to give. Um, but uh, watching The Apartment, there's a scene in that movie where uh, Shirley MacLaine overdoses on sleeping pills and then Jack Lemmon has to keep her awake all night. Yep. And I remember, I don't remember, if I just know that we, we, we had been tossing the idea back and forth of, of, of having one character overdose and another character ha- having to keep him awake all night. And I don't know if it was then seeing that movie that just, I don't know, triggered more or if that was the first thing. But either way, whatever, seeing that movie was like, oh, why couldn't that be that one scene? Why couldn't that whole movie be? Why couldn't the whole movie be made out of that one scene? Um, and we were off to the races from there. Yeah. But it took it took probably two years to get the script into shape. It was a long process. Yeah, and like finding the story to figure out because it's like tough to to find reasons why they don't just call an ambulance or call the police. And right, so it exactly. was like finding those reasons, and then also we wanted to add some mystery to it and I'm not really even sure what the question was that you asked anymore, but now I'm just kind of rambling. Yeah. No, 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 that, that was the intention. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting, you're hitting it a hundred percent. And that's actually, that's my favorite kind of conversation. Cause I, I don't stay on script whatsoever. Um, you know, I think for me, you did a great job. Like, cause all of those components were believable throughout. So even like something like, you know, his job as an assistant coach for this, like really well-known coach, like, is there anything that was like influenced like from your own, you know, either of your backgrounds or whatever that that, you know, made that the premise of it? Or was it just something that you kind of, you know, went with? Well, we initially thought about setting it in the world of politics. The, and first, that the, the first of, draft was that. Yeah, that, that, that sort of felt like it had been done before. Yeah. And we're both massive college football fans. I'd say we're, we're both. I'm like a huge college football fan, but I like we're your team. We met at USC, so we're both USC, USC fans. Okay, yeah. I mean, the Joe Paterno thing was blowing up while we were writing this movie. Too. Yeah, so, yeah, right. the Joe Paterno thing yeah. was big. Yeah. Yeah. We debated how dark to go with it, too. We were like, we don't want to go as dark as the whole Sandusky thing. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it was a, there was a lot of tonal discussions 
uh, when we were writing it, you know, how dark to take it. No, I, I get that. I guess uh, as a follow-up question, so was there any influence from either one of your previous dating experiences that played into this movie as well? Uh, we've both, I'm, you know, I'm sure we both had awkward dates, but nothing this, this epic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. Um, so I guess, so this is a question I'm going to ask and I, I feel like I'm probably going to have to maybe explain the question a little bit better because I don't know that I've worded it as well as I would like, but the question is in in a movie with a single setting. So if, if someone hasn't seen it yet, this is a movie that takes place all entirely within a house for the most part. And there's these two main characters that throughout the course of the movie are having an ongoing conversation that goes different directions over time. Um, how difficult is it for the actors to maintain that sense of continuity despite cuts and breaks? And, and I guess what I'm asking, you know, in a movie with multiple setting changes, if if there's a scene in a bank and the main character has a certain demeanor or certain emotions about them, and then later there's a scene in the house and there's kind of like a cut and if their emotions doesn't quite carry over from the bank, we as the viewer don't really catch that because it's a it's a it's a setting change. So we make the the assumption in our head, okay, well they're they're in a different place, they're feeling different. In this case, as you made cuts and as you made breaks, these these actors, uh, Adam Pelly and, and Rosa Salazar, had to literally jump back in. I'm assuming almost mid conversation and pick up the emotional status of where they were. How difficult was that for you as a director, Charles? But also, I suppose, for the actors to be able to pull that off. Um, I mean, Adam and Rosa were both uh, amazing. So, I mean, they could they could do anything that we threw at them. But, you know, it was a conversation early on that I had with our AD about scheduling to make sure that we shot the movie as much in, in order as we could. Um, and there were certain things that made it so that we couldn't really shoot in order entirely. But, but it, it was 17 days of shooting. So it was, it was three shooting weeks. Um, and, and the way I look at it is like the first week we shot the first third of the movie, the second week we shot the second third of the movie. And then the third week we shot the third, third, third of the movie. Um, and so that, that way I think helped, helped us all kind of go on the journey together. And I think Adam and Rosa really in particular went on the journey together. Um, you know, I mean, I think even their friendship, (laughs) like reach the certain certain uh, places that the characters reach at the different times in, in the in the shoot as, as well as they do in the script and the movie. Yeah, we were we were living in the house too. Like half the the cast <laughs> and half the crew was staying in the house. I had a day job at the time, so I, we were doing night shoots. So I'd work till five thirty and drive back to set, which is like an hour drive, and you know we'd be shooting till till 6 a.m., but I would I would pass out in the producer's seat like around 3.30 <laughs> in the morning out of sheer exhaustion. But yeah, so I think that also helped and was also caused a little drama, you know, but like there are some short tempers at times, but uh, we were all living on top of each other and sort of living the movie in a way. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think it just helped. It really just all helped it. I mean, we were so fortunate the way everything played out for us across the board and, and it really and I think also just to say too um, that I think in terms of transitions and things this is probably the, the script we worked on more than any other script we've ever worked on yeah. Okay. so I think like we worked on those transitions they're very much written in there so that you know I mean even though it is one house uh, it doesn't feel small and, and we sort of explored the space as much as we could in both the script 
like going from room to room and then also with the camera really making sure that we like got every possible angle and moved the camera around and made it feel cinematic. Yeah, no, it, did. it definitely did. And not to cut you because I, I, as you were saying, you lived in the house. To me, I, I left the impression that that was a beautiful home. I was like, the coach is obviously doing well. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it was uh, the owners are kind of a bit more hippie, so our production designer really made it look like a yeah, you know, masculine college football coach with like leather seats and things like that. She really transformed the house, but the house itself was beautiful. Yeah, yeah but all the, every bit of furniture. And any kind of set dressing all was entirely our production designer, Aisha, who's amazing, and our art director, Alana Farley. Uh, they're both really great. It's awesome. That's so great. And in this movie, I mean, if we're being honest, is criminally underseen. And it's funny because even in this last week, as we've uh, said it's our movie night pick of the past week, uh, we also do a guest spot on, a, on another show in Jersey uh, based out of New Jersey called Checked Out in Jersey, where we go and we we kind of tell them what our movie night pick of the week is, and we get you know get feedback from them and also from their listeners, and nothing but positive uh, responses from people saying like yet another great pick, like out Night Owls needs to be seen. Um, it's one that like you know we try to do every episode with integrity and say like this is something we really believe is is worth your time, but it makes it so much easier when when there's no doubt like yeah. this one was fantastic i don't understand how it's been out for as long as it has and i hadn't seen it until a few weeks ago yeah. well thank you i mean i think indie film right now is changing a lot and just getting anybody to see anything and we just you know we're chatting about the industry yesterday uh with our agent and uh she was saying yeah there's like five movies that were sensations at sundance or south by and then they came out and are they're making like no money and it's a very strange time right mm. and she say she still feels a lot of optimism for indie film which was a nice thing to hear because it's an odd odd time to get people to get get any eyeballs on anything like that these days absolutely now with within the within working on the movie um and you guys had obviously said worked really hard on those transitions going into the movie did you have in mind a very like a defining scene or maybe coming out of filming did you look back and say that was the defining scene um defining scene in terms of defining the tone or how do you mean exactly you know i think i think in terms of i mean just breaking it down simply i think when I think of my favorite movies, oftentimes I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of a singular scene and I'm wondering, so I know for me, um, the defining scene of this movie was their conversation sitting out on the roof, like out on the balcony there. Um, um, and so I don't know if you had in mind sort of one that you felt was your, I guess maybe a better question, your favorite scene that you felt really summed up what you were approaching, what you were trying to, uh, hit with this movie. I mean, that's a, I love that scene. And that was a scene we were like, worked really hard on making the tone right because we didn't want to get too hokey. You know, we, you know, we didn't want to lose the humor and we wanted it to be honest. So, I mean, that's a great scene to pick out. But I, you know, uh, it, what's interesting about the movie, it's one continuous conversation. Um, another big influence for us was the book, Linklater's Before Films. So it's sort love of hard. Those films. I was going to ask you that question. I love those films. All three of oh them yeah. are unbelievable. Obsessed. Yeah, we're obsessed I mean, with him as a filmmaker, but those movies specifically for sure. Well, when we were writing this before midnight hadn't come out yet, so it was mainly just before sunrise and before sunset that were, 
you know, influences for us. And then we saw Before Midnight, I think, probably as we were writing, as we had already finished a draft or two, I think we saw Before Midnight, yeah. which yeah. is actually my favorite movie in, in, the, in the trilogy. I love that movie so much. That's so interesting that you say that. All three of those movies I do love. And that the Before Midnight, I... I actually prefer the first two, but the the there's one scene in Before Midnight that I think is the best scene of the trilogy, which is when they have kind of that argument in the hotel room. And I yeah. actually, as I was watching Night Owls, I think I even said to Rodney, like, this reminds me, and I said yeah. it in our episode, yeah. this reminds me of the Before trilogy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She When she's mad at him in the movie, she's really going at it. She's real method. <laughs> yeah. She was scary in those scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rose is incredible. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was, it was so, to me, I feel like the it was so well done um, because, like, the conversation the whole time felt, like you said, just so real. Like, it didn't feel put on at all. Like, it felt like a conversation that was sincerely and genuinely being had. And I think some of it, to me, is just how relatable it felt like to either be him or to be hearing those things and to, you know, like, it was, the the comedy was there, but, you know, at no point did it feel... I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Overnight, but that was kind of a movie with not a lot of setting change. But to me, it was like the opposite of just to, it never landed to me. Anyway, um, next, I'm going to transition to the next question. Um, so for us, we obviously said that we saw it on Netflix um, in terms of, you know, going from making an, an independent movie. Was Netflix the original intended platform or was that, you know, a place that you had envisioned an opportunity for you know it to gain a wider audience and you know whether it was or wasn't can you talk about the process to get a movie on netflix because i think that's a particular interest to us well that was our second window uh netflix it, it did come out in a few theaters nobody there nobody knew about it but it did play it played 10 theaters, 10 theaters uh, across the country 10, 10 cities okay and it came up, it came out on itunes and amazon uh, and all those platforms at first as well for to rent and own. But yeah, we tried to see if Netflix was interested. They were doing less. Or they were just starting to do original features at that point. Um, when we when we were first trying to get the movie made, but we you know we always wanted to end up on Netflix because we knew that's the best place to get something like this scene. And it really did find an audience. It seems on Netflix where you know they never tell you how many people. Oh, they don't? they don't they no, won't give you no. any metrics on it at all right because no. if they end that's up renewing it they could tell us oh nobody watched it but we'll pay you five dollars to renew it yeah when... that's infuriating <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean that's the they do that to everybody they do that to disney too you know so it's not or spielberg so it's not just us right right <laughs> although disney that's why film. i guess disney's like hey pound sand we're gonna go make our own <laughs> exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly um Okay, yeah, no, I think that's that's um, definitely interesting, you know, from from our perspective. Um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful that it is it is on Netflix because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I wouldn't have had such a great movie to watch. I will tell you, I'm not just saying we. So we watch a lot of a lot of movies. I mean, we we probably watch more movies than is actually healthy. Um, <laughs> and all for the pursuit of finding, like vetting them out to find one that is worth a movie night for our listeners. We enjoy it. We have fun with it. Even in our episodes, we do like a movie to avoid <laughs> uh, as well. Right. Um, so it's such a jo- like it's such a joy to land on one that is like, oh wow, this is this is the movie night pick, you know. And so we try to keep a rolling schedule of like ones far out in advance. But when we have one, sometimes that really stands out to us, we immediately record that week and say this is the one this week. And that was the case with Night Owls. We I think we watched it. 
and recorded two days later. Uh, oh, wow. So really, really grateful for it being on Netflix. We are too, because it seems like that's the place most people have seen the thing, yeah. you know, at this, like, I think we got a lot more reviews and tweets and things like that after Netflix than anywhere else, for sure. Absolutely. So you guys had already mentioned the Before Trilogy as being movies that had kind of influenced your uh, making of this film. Also, I think you had mentioned The Apartment, even. Uh, but oftentimes we hear directors talk about how they were inspired by films or even another director. Are there any directors that have influenced your work? Or Seth, I know that in this case you weren't directing like Charles was, but in the case of writing, were there writers or directors that you feel really influenced your work or people you bounced ideas off of even? We're, uh, well, we love comedy drama, like we said, so Alexander Payne's a huge influence on us, but we're both huge Woody Allen fans, which I know is not the most popular answer. Hey, Midnight in Paris is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and Annie Hall and Manhattan are two of my top five movies ever. Mm. Uh, But we, you know, I think Charles and I see every Woody Allen movie that comes out, you know, once a year together, usually. So, yeah. Uh, this this gives me a little bit of comfort because I feel like I always am saying like I'm watching movies with Chet and like it doesn't always sit well with me. Granted, he's you know he's in a committed relationship and I'm not, so maybe it's maybe it's worse for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my my wife doesn't come to any of the movies with me. I see them with Seth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I I got to be honest. I I feel like we're looking into like a like a media mirror right now. You think? I feel like you're going to drop me so quick. Uh, if given the opportunity, I certainly would. My girlfriend doesn't doesn't need to see as many movies. I think she's more like a twice a month to the movies, and I twice a week, basically at least. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in terms of writing and direct, you, I feel like this is perfect because you can both speak to this. Um, you know, because me as a person who's not extremely well versed necessarily in the production of a movie, you know, if you were, if I were, the story is what I love. Right. So, I mean, to me, I've, if I were to just look and you were to say like, here's the writer, here's the director to me, if it were a story that I love like this one, you know, I would immediately want to give credit to the writer. Cause to me, it's like, well, the story is what I loved about it. Right. Um, but can you give us kind of the industry perspective on how both of those roles can shape a movie, you know, and if like long-term you could only do one or the other, you know, which one would you pick and why? I think you can't have one without the other. I think that a uh, great script can be ruined by a bad director and a great director can't make a great movie if the script's bad. So it's hard to really separate them. Mm-hmm. And so if you had to pick just one, if you had to, if, if, if it came down to you can only do one or the other um, in terms of shaping a movie, which one would you pick? Oh, that's an interesting question because I started out wanting to direct only and I've been focusing on writing, but yeah, that'd be hard to not not be able to do one or the other. Um, How do you feel about that, Charles? Yeah, I don't, I hate that question. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Rodney question, not a chat question, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last year I've been directing some, some series stuff for uh, Go90, which is Verizon streaming service. So I've been doing like half hour uh, uh, episodes of stuff and directing without writing. And I really miss the writing part of it. And the material he's working with is great too, but yeah. you miss having the control. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the writers who have done these shows are, are, are fantastic, but I just, yeah, I miss directing stuff that I've, that I've written or, you know, written with Seth, I should say. You're, you're full hearted in that way. So I guess that, that, that's kind of answers the next question too. And that's as we transition towards the end of this episode, I mean, 
What, uh, if anything, are you guys currently working on or looking to begin in terms of upcoming projects? I know you just mentioned that streaming service and directing for that. Is that your main focus or is there other things as well? Uh, we have a new feature we just finished that we're trying to send out to cast and financiers that's a dark comedy set during the apocalypse, basically, <laughs> uh, but it's also a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're also going to be pitching something, some TV stuff, and uh, we're trying to figure out the next script while the while the current one is being sent out to town. Awesome. Well, guys, the last thing we always do with our guests is this thing. It's essentially called rapid fire questions. We have four questions that are meant to be answered as close to one word answers as possible. And the rule is that Rodney and I are not allowed to respond. We just have to go to the very next question right after you answer, which we break every time. Okay, okay, cool. Sounds good. But so guys, before we get to that, I just want to again thank you both so much for taking the time to jump on this episode with us. We're continuously uh, appreciative of people like yourselves and we're definitely huge fans of not only the movie but the creative process. Um and if if you're a listener out there listening right now and you haven't checked out Night Owls, it is available on Netflix as we've said. Uh it does star Adam Pally, Rosa Salazar, and has other actors you will recognize as well, including Peter Krauss from uh the show uh Parenthood, as well as Tony Hale from Arrested Development, and Rob Hubble, who I remember from the movie I Love You Man. Um it's <laughs> <laughs> a good example. So okay. guys, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We're ha- happy to hear I mean you guys are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. So you guys ready to jump right into these uh these rapid fire questions? You I think the best way to do it is for you each to answer uh you know one at a time. Sure, let's do it. Okay, so I think you might have addressed this before, but first question, yes or no, have you ever had a date end as badly as Kevin's in this movie? Not quite. No. Close. <laughs> what is the most overrated movie of all time? Oh gosh. Oh man. I don't that's a that's that's I, a brutal question. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't want to be mean. I don't know. Wow. We, we won't tell. I, I, I'm drawing Let's such a blank. I in a two is not my cup of tea. How about I put it that way? <laughs> say that so again, which you, one? In your E2, so what are you saying? The Revenant or something? I'll or just what? say general. Yeah. Just general. <laughs> I like Birdman. I like Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. Birdman's, Birdman's good. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. All right, well, let's skip on past. What about uh, Weirdest Pet Peeve? Oh, Charles, you have so many. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't I don't like it when guys say they have to pee. I don't know why. <laughs> what do you I prefer? Know, I don't know why. I, whenever I hear a guy say I have to pee, I don't know why that, that bothers me. <laughs> So I'm sorry about I've, that. Well, I've worked on, I have worked on it over the years, though. Because well, I, I feel like, like everybody does it, so I don't know why it's a weird thing for me. So <laughs> a pet peeve I have in movies is when uh, characters are explaining stuff to each other that both characters know. So how about I do a movie-related one? I like it. Who, who is the most famous person in your phone right now? Charles Hood. Seth, Seth Gold. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, funny uh, hours too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so, guys, so so that that's it. We we definitely again awesome. truly appreciate you guys coming on. And again, check out Night Owls. It is on Netflix. Um, Charles, Seth, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you yeah, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks again yeah, for having us. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks, guys. Well, I I gotta say that might have been the most fun I've ever had doing an interview. It, I, truly. No, it was. It was a great interview for me. I think I have to say it gives me a little bit of optimism to say like, oh, there is there is um, at least two other guys in the world that go to movies together and just treat it very normally. <laughs> like the idea that they were 
in the car on driving the way to go see a movie. to go see a movie doing the interview to me i was like oh i could picture us doing that yeah every time we're on the phone with matt and pete and checked out in jersey yeah that's exactly what it probably sounds we're always like. in the car and it probably always sounds like that and we're probably always going somewhere yeah, that was a lot of fun. What was your biggest takeaway? What would you uh, say you remember the most from this? Outside of the place where you wanted to subtly say that uh, when we were on the with check, you were giving them a compliment about how I you know was. we love the movie and like even when we talked to to checked out in Jersey, you know that they all love the movie. But the way that you said it was, they said it was another great pick. And so to me, I I really like how you subtly threw in. Rodney, P.S. I didn't we throw in anything. Job. If you spent more time interacting with our listeners, you would know that that was word for word the tweet that came from the official checked out in Jersey profile. No, I'm not saying that I didn't see it. I'm if saying I didn't I, say that, you know what I would be? A liar. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that I just like that the one that you, you chose to say is like, yeah, and they said yet another great Rodney, pick by us. I'm just saying, stop me when I'm wrong. That's you know, it's like, it's like me saying like... uh yeah, no, I did a great job on that. Just like I do a great job on everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> another A plus. You know, it's just like I got another. I did. I did it's another crazy. great I, job. I don't know what to do with all these. I got another I have sticker around. Tell you what, another quiz. Well, I'll, I have a more serious answer. You know, because I take this seriously, and because they're, you know, because they take this seriously, Rodney. And it's not all fun and games, you jamoke. It's all so, fun and games, man. It actually is. This only, life where it's, it's only fun and games. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. It was. It was seriously so much fun talking with them. I think what I liked the most was they were saying. Like, hey, we, we had worked really hard on, on working um, to try to find the right script and work, you know, and write and write and write. And eventually just said, hey, like, let's buckle down and let's do a movie that we know that we're able to do on, on the budget that we have. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say, like, I guess that that vision, like that that vision, that self-awareness to say, like, let's buckle down and do this. Mm-hmm. And then for it to turn out as well as it did yeah, uh, is, is really impressive. And I guess we basically just glossed over the fact that it has a hundred percent rating on rotten tomatoes yeah i mean we we didn't talk about it for for very long but i mean i don't think we made it pretty clear to me it's it sincerely is a great movie it was one of those like i always have a little bit of pause i think starting a movie that doesn't have all that many reviews right because you just kind of go okay what am i getting myself into Mm -hmm. you know um and not that i you know i love watching independent movies but you know like you're just never quite sure yeah it's one thing for there to be like this really vetted audience and obviously people who were vetted were giving it great reviews, but it wasn't a huge number of people that had weighed in on it. Well, it's, you know? it's, it's part of our process as we decide which movies we're even going to attempt to watch. Never mind yeah. recommend. Right. We have a process where we say, okay, well, how many reviews does it have and what are those reviews? And yeah, right. I think usually a movie like this with less reviews would have probably fallen through the cracks had it not been for the fact that every critic right. that has gotten its hands on it has said it's great. Right. Um, yeah, no. So I, I would say that I think how well it seems they, they probably work together or actually probably the, the takeaway for me is just it feels like a project that even though they said like I, I can imagine having worked on this project just based on their conversation. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. idea of everyone's living in the same house. One of them is going to a day job, coming back, trying to do another job is, is passing out, falling asleep, tensions get you know, like to me, boy, the whole is so the so true. The whole thing to me just felt like, oh, that's it felt like probably a project that was really hard, but also really fun. Yeah. And then the result of it was this product that everyone who's seen it and it's not enough yet, but hopefully we're, we're driving some more. Um, everyone who's seen it is like, 
Wow, that's great. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as I read, they had done an interview with uh, RogerEbert.com, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And had said that a lot of their writing took place inside of Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I had Chipotle for lunch today. And, did uh, you write a movie while you were there? It came out and I hadn't written a movie yet. So I'm just confused, like, what I did wrong. Like, I know, so now they have queso at Chipotle, yeah. and so mm-hmm. I got that, which is new. Yeah. Like, it's a new thing for me, obviously, mm-hmm. new thing for any, mm-hmm. like, any Chipotle customer. But yeah. when I got the Chipotle and I walked out and I thought, okay, great, I have the Chipotle, but where's my script? Yeah, I, you know, I, it is funny because I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I'm assuming they were just eating and then, like, a script, like, maybe yeah. they're having a conversation, but I'm assuming somehow a script came out of that process, right? Yeah, that was my assumption, too. Like, they probably got, like, the barbacoa burrito bowl, and they were just kind of digging in. They walked out, and they thought, wow, we could probably make a movie out of this. There's no chance that they got the barbacoa burrito bowl. If you're, listen, Someone if you're producing to. a script, you need the carbs. You got to you gotta get the whole burrito action in there. You can't, that's your problem. You got no carbs. That's true. I didn't, Scripts I didn't don't come out the, of carbs. Like, I mean, look at, look at what paper is that a script is on. Does it look like, does that look like a, a wrap? Yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Now, Rodney, every once in a while, you strike just pure genius. I mean, it's listen. Follow me around more often. It's 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 pure gold all day. Yet another. Yet an. It's crazy that you say it because it's just yet another idea that was genius today. Full circle. Well, you can one. you can follow Rodney. Speaking of following us, right? You can follow Rodney and I on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. Uh, you can email us down the hall podcast at gmail dot com. Our favorite way, though, to connect with you, the listener, is to go to our. If you're to go to our website. Um, downthehallpodcast.com scroll down recommend movie for us to watch if it's worth a movie night we'll tell you if it's not we'll thank you <laughs> and chet that website yet another great project i've completed wow you're really taking this places <sighs> that's all i got man i'm hungry i'm so hungry you want your bully let's do it <laughs>